So you're gonna open us up, Kenny, with your little word. Are you gonna ask her to do her best, Will Smith? Uh, Lulu, I think you just did. Yeah. My well, best, yeah. Will Smith, for the movie or Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but Will Smith. We specifically want to hear you welcome us to Earth. Welcome Say, as welcome Will Smith. Welcome to Earth. And your best, Will Smith. Seven or eight. Welcome us to Earth. I did it to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air soundtrack, but that's how he sounds. Welcome us, welcome to Earth. How was that? That's perfect. Because it's not us, because we're already here, Tyler. He said, welcome us to Earth. It's just welcome to Earth. Sorry to have to correct you right off the bat like that. I apologize. No, no, it's good. You're a fourth grade teacher, <laughs> and we need to make sure that we get these things clear yes. um, before we start getting to things like persuasive writing. Oh. Thank you. And I wish I had some idea of why people were listening or what this is all about. I'm working towards it. I didn't want to interrupt everyone because A, everyone's delightful, and B, uh, I'm just really glad that someone's finally putting Tyler in his place. Also, C, Lulu just keeps snapping. I'm sorry. My dog was about to bark, and I was like, snap or bark? You pick. You're listening to ID Four Minutes at a Time, the only podcast dedicated to analyzing, scrutinizing, and celebrating the 1996 Roland Emmerich masterpiece Independence Day. Four minutes at a time. I am Kenny Madison, one of your esteemed hosts. Along with me are Lulu Nagel, Tyler Bryce, and Mia Hunsiker. Oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. (laughs) Kenny, Kenny, they didn't tell me anything. I'm sorry. You know, if only we had a sheet. (laughs) I wouldn't have put this on the sheet. No, I'm just used to introducing myself, people. Nobody really likes to introduce me. I got to just jump in. Sorry, Kenny. Kenny, who is that? Actress, comedian, fourth grade teacher, dare I say, raconteur, Camille Hunziker. It's me. Excellent. Now's the time when you can freeform, Camille. Go. Thanks, Tyler. It's me, Camille Hunziker. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here with y'all this morning. We're happy that you're here. Tyler, way to give our female guest permission to talk. Oh. 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 I felt it was an invitation. I was giving her consent to move forward. I'm a rule follower, and I think he knows that. So I, I gotta, I needed the guideline. I needed the guideline. I don't know. I just think that we need to talk about Tyler's rampant sexism throughout this entire podcast. Kenny's working on three hours of sleep, ladies and gentlemen. He's got an edge that I've never seen before today. This is going to be our most political episode yet. Let's get down to brass tacks. Oh boy. I'm just sick of people telling us white men what to do all the time. I'm sick of it. So today we're covering minutes 32 through 36 of Independence Day. This four minutes, Lulu, starts with David Whitmore looking down, followed by an eventful road trip, and ends on Jasmine busy at work. Before we get into that, perhaps it might be a worthwhile endeavor to find out a little bit about uh, Camille and how Camille... Uh, interacts with this movie. Camille, um, we're watching Independence Day, of course, for four minutes at a time. Can you tell us your history with the movie? Yes. Okay. My favorite memory of Independence Day is I was about seven and a half months pregnant when I saw this movie. So there's a big baby on my little bitty bladder and he moved the whole time because it was like the loud parts. And then there was that one scary part and it was scary for me both physically and emotionally with the baby on my bladder. So I do remember having to miss the movie for a little bit. And then um, 
now that my son is 24, we have since watched it together and I've shared that lovely story. So it's got sentimental value with the boy and I. I don't remember everything about the movie, but I do remember. It's kind of a memory for Jake and I. So a little bit of sentimental value and, you know, new pair of panties. That's all. That's what I know with that movie. (laughs) That would be so weird if when you told him that story, he's like, that's what that was. I kept hearing these booms and... He's like, Mommy, I'm scared. He screeches every time he watches it now and just rolls around. We reenact. I make him get on the floor and reenact what I thought he was doing in my belly at the time. (laughs) Every year, I guess. He was stomping on the panic button in your womb. (laughs) Yes. It wasn't stopping. It did not stop. I panicked. But yes, I heart the movie. During the last episode, I believe that Lulu gave us some predictions about what she thinks is going to happen in this episode. Is that, is that correct, Kenny Madison? Most definitely. Uh, and before we watch minutes 32 through 36 of Independence Day, four minutes at a time, let me read those predictions back to you so we can check off and see what's going to happen. Excellent. Well, before we do, though, it's time for Weather on the Ones! No, I'm kidding. No. I'm joking. I just feel like <laughs> we're starting to become a morning show together. Oh, man, we should get a soundboard. There's worse things. Go on. Um, Hangnails, uh, toe fungus, that cramp you get when you run too hard and you can't breathe, but it only happens when you breathe in. When you breathe out, it's not there. Uh, When your roots grow out, but you're in a pandemic and you can't get them highlighted, there's a lot of worse things. That might be the worst right there, that last one. Or fake nails that they can't go get their nails filled. A lot of people. That's a crisis, people. Absolutely. So here are some predictions. There's going to be traffic problems. Lulu says that Jeff Goldblum is going to have traffic problems. Lulu says Will Smith is going to have traffic problems. Mary McDonald is going to have traffic problems. The bad traffic is setting up for a strike from the aliens. We haven't seen Quaid. Is he passed out? Will Smith makes it to the base and to the briefing. Martin Lawrence is Will Smith's best friend. And a prediction about the ending of this movie, which we will not see for several months, there's going to be low-tech solutions to these problems. Kenny, I'd like to propose a new game for next time. Yeah. uh, During the course of the week, you make up a prediction that is not one that she made. You slip it into the list, and then we ask our guest to guess which one of them is the not Lulu prediction. prediction fake prediction for next week uh in the words of michelle tanner you got it dude (laughs) i like it i can't wait to see what happens i hope this is the one where martin lawrence shows up i hope it is too Uh, anything else before we watch the clip um just hey both of you look like your hair is just naturally perfect right now so thank you so much for for showing up with your natural hair color, including you, Kenny. I said both, and I meant all three. Kenny's is a naturalist of all. Mm-hmm. I'm a regular Dean Stockwell. In the shade of green. I thought it was just molding. I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> on that note, let's watch the four minutes now. I wasn't saying anything. 
Oh my gosh, she has a thing for dolphins. See the earrings? Remember the earrings? Yes. Did you know that the that the ring was gonna be a dolphin? I I did not. You forgot. I I absolutely did forget. But you <laughs> Jeez, I did not expect for the movie to set up that she likes dolphins with her earrings and then that to be carried over to a wedding ring. Gotta have a keen eye for those dolphins. I like the fact that the dolphin part of the revelations about uh, her character are the things that we've been dealing with more here. Jasmine likes dolphins and not the probably more more controversial traditionally that she's a stripper, as they describe it. An exotic dancer. Yeah, she should have had little G-string earrings or... On the dolphin. give us more indication, yeah, I, that she I, was a stripper. I wish that that's how they established many more female characters' professions. They just <laughs> had earring versions of literally whatever their job is. <laughs> but you said she likes it. Oh my gosh, this was like the comedy break, the comedy four minutes of the movie. Every bit, so many little bits in here. Let's let's kind of take it back to the beginning, right? David and his father. 20th Century Fox logo. No. David and his father driving down the, the highway uh, slowly towards Washington, D.C. No traffic. Again, I can't believe that they would have made it from uh, Queens or Brooklyn uh, into or onto the turnpike uh, on their way to Washington, D.C. in less than six hours. It's just, it, it with all. Everyone in New York and in Washington simultaneously trying to get out. People were just speeding by. And people were walking. Did you see all the people walking beside them? Yeah, walking down the freeway between uh, somewhere along the New Jersey Turnpike. Because that's, you know, that's normal. How long is the drive from New York to D.C.? A couple hours, maybe three. All right, let me go. Without traffic. Uh, MapQuest.com. MapQuest? Yeah. Hmm. Where else would you go? I don't know. I have a GeoCities account you can use. <laughs> Camille, what was your favorite scene in that four minutes? <laughs> the guy backing up in the locker room when he yeah. thought the proposal was going on. <laughs> Just real silent, little yeah. silent gag. With his hands up and backing away. That's the part I would like to play in a movie. Just quietly backing out in the background, assuming something. Because that's what I do. I like to assume. I did like the f- the fact that he did not ask, nor did he tell. He just... Yeah. And it was in the locker room. I love the moment when Harry Connick Jr., the best friend, I had no idea another star appears in this movie. Harry Connick Jr., the best friend, says, I really like jazz. And then... I was like, <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. likes jazz. Did they name her that just so he could say it? I really like jazz. So actually, I I wish that that was intentional, but the original person that was cast in this role was Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry was originally... Who was was supposed to say the line, you know, Jasmine and I are friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was fun. I love Harry Connick Jr. And he is a good actor. And he's funny in this. Yeah, he's... He's absolutely delightful to watch you just kind of process it. That was Harry Connick Jr. was very satisfying. I think we're going to need a new, um, you know, we have the Jeff Con scale with this, the Jeff Goldblum sexiness scale. I think we need a hair con scale 
A Harry Connick scale, because he was Harry Con 1 in that. Absolutely. Adding it onto the thing. What what are we at the Harry Con from 1 to 5, 1 be we got to get him to Harry Con 5. No, 5 is the least. 5 is the least. 1, one, one is, is the best. best. Okay, yes. Camille, what did you think about, what? where is he on the Harry Con scale in that one? One is the best. Uh-huh. Oh, no, he, he looked... He looked handsome. So that was a one for me. I liked perfectly groomed hair and the matching shirt and camo pants. I was into it. I was too. And the humor. He was, humor is a good friend. That always makes them more attractive. Uh-huh. So I remember that in the summer, or maybe two summers after this movie came out, and it was going to HBO, HBO actually literally played the clip of them driving in the car uh, and and the part about uh, where they're having the conversation th- and it ended with they want HBO, they'll call HBO. And ah. and that part they, they used for Independence Day is coming to HBO and that was a really fun advertising thing that they did was like, well, we can just show you this clip of the movie because we're HBO. So clever. Oh, and they really punched... Punch more on poor Jeff Goldblum that no one believes him. He's a quack. Even his own father is like, you went to, you could have gone to MIT or you went to MIT and now you just string cable. If they need, you know, HBO, they'll call you. No one believes you. You're a quack. And he's like, what are you going to do? Knock on the front door of the White House? Uh, Yeah, we find out that uh, Jeff Goldblum went to MIT for eight years and well, his job is kind of vague. We know that he's a big deal at whatever cable company that he's working at. I don't exactly know what exactly his position is. So I noticed in this scene, both Dennis Quaid, Randy Quaid, sorry, and Jeff Goldblum are both not being believed and basically being called crazy. Good. Is that kind of like the thing? I know, look at me being smart. Isn't that kind of the theme of these four minutes? Like both of them, nobody's going to believe anything they say. Dun, dun, dun. Cause that's like what happens to me in real life. So I really, really related to both of these gentlemen in this scene. And Oh, we should add Will Smith into that. Oh yeah. That's a threefer. Mm-hmm. He rejected by a uh, you know, NASA that he wasn't good enough either. Uh I think you're forgetting someone else who I don't know, the general population might not think that they're good enough. President David Whitmore. Who was not in these four minutes, but everyone is fighting against all of these uh, perceptions from outside forces and have to overcome something. They are all not characters that you wouldn't expect to be heroes. The, yes. the Marine who dates a stripper, the drunk pilot, the president who's soft on things, and then Jeff Goldblum, who went to MIT for eight years and Lays cable. <laughs> where where was Jeff Goldblum on the Jeff Con scale? Uh, Camille, how about for you again? Five being, eh, whatever, and one being Jeff Goldblum at full Goldblum. Yeah. Oh, well, since he was just you know sitting in the car and all, there wasn't a whole lot. Eh, whatever. I guess a four. I don't want to be cruel. His he was, you know, he wasn't tattered or all goofed up like tattered and. His shirt seemed like it was well-groomed. I know that's an issue, but sitting down, I couldn't tell. So sure. I'd give him like a four. He was okay to look at. It's just like comedy sports rules. Don't don't be polite. You got you to gotta rank it the way that you see it. 
I was looking around him. Let's put it that way. In the scene, I wasn't looking at him. I was looking in the background. So he wasn't much to look at. Certainly. So a four. I'll give him a four. Cool. So uh, where do you feel on the Hirschcon scale? Judd Hirsch in this between five and one. Uh, was he more five from, you know, this episode of Taxi is more fo- focused on, uh, say, Jeff Conway? Or do you uh, think he was one where he's outright uh, Dear John... Uh, full on Judd Hirsch. Well, being in both things, he's a great driver. I've noticed, you know, he slowed down a little bit since his taxi days, that scruff. And he was all, you know, he was just stressed. It was kind of a rugged thing. I'll give him like a mid three. Cause he just, yeah, he was feeling it and he looked like he was feeling it. And that was kind of, it was working for me. He looked a little frazzled, but I liked it. I liked it on him, but he was being cautious. She is a math teacher, which means that these are not imaginary numbers that she's throwing at us. <laughs> these are real numbers. Real numbers. Uh, that, that reflect uh, those two scales. Uh, Kenny, where, where, uh, same question to you. Where was uh, Judd Hirsch on the Hirschcon scale, and where was Jeff Goldblum on the Jeffcon? Scale? I mean, for Hirsch, it's always, for me, a one. Every time I see Hirsch, I go from six to midnight, Tyler. And then Goldblum, I, I would have to agree with Camille, if not at a Jeffcon 5, for maybe a Jeffcon 5, because it's not, he's he's complaining a lot. Uh, he's he's still got the, he's still got the pauses. But it's, it's fine. Uh, how about Randy Quaid's daughter being hit on so elegantly by a kid saying, but it's our last night on earth. I did not care for that. <laughs> I did not care for that. I have two young ladies. I have a, I have an eighteen year old and a fourteen year old, and I, her brother Jake would have pulled her out of that truck so fast. They took too long to get the brother there to pull her out of that situation. Girls, come on, we're smarter than that. Yeah, not if it were the last night on Earth. No, we don't fall for that one. Come on now. A uh, big, big grease two vibes for me. Big time. Uh-huh. And I know that Tyler, you love to compare things to Greece too. Absolutely, you... I do. Um, although Jeff Conway was in Greece one, and we're talking a lot about Jeff Con scales, as well as Taxi. I'm just saying this whole thing, whole little world within itself. And all the aliens are played by Tony, Tony Danza. Danza. Yeah, Tony Danza. <laughs> uh, Camille, you were talking about your son kicking you right in the bladder during the scary parts. What what exactly, because we might have different scary parts. What is the scary part for you? Okay, how do I do this without the spoiler? Oh, it no, was, Lulu can't hear us. Don't worry about us. the spoilers because oh. she can't hear us. Okay, it was when Data, or the actor that plays him, and the alien, like, at the window. Brent Spiner. Yes, thank you. Brent, right? Is that what you said? Brent Spiner. Oh, Brent. I remember. Yes, when he, you know, splattered at the window type thing and it was talking through him. I jumped, and it was a bladderless moment at that point. <laughs> it got me. That one got me. You just evacuated right on the floor, just right there. There was a, well, quick clinching moment at that. <laughs> so that I, you learn a little to hold your bladder, but that one got me. And so now when we watch it, I'll just run to the bathroom automatically so I miss the next few moments. Because I just want to keep reliving. I don't want to ruin anything. You had to preserve the way that you watched it. Because you like the movie... Not with that scene in there. And you, yeah. If you watch that scene, it could completely ruin it. 
and it would change everything for me. I'm too set in my ways. I don't want to change things now. We're just sure. going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Lulu, you really got excited about Harry Connick Jr. being in the movie. We I lost had, you right after I had to that. take a break. Had to take a break <laughs> I mean, after that. I just, I, I love watching Lulu's face during all of this, just watching movies, apparently. I get in trouble at home for, I'm not allowed to talk or, you know. What? Predictions. No. Could you? Could you expand on that? Yes. So I, grew, I grew up in a family. I'm an only child, but two of my, my, my two parents would watch shows and make predictions like, oh, he's going to die or that's, a, oh, she did it. Or, you know, they would talk it out and make predictions and make comments about things. And then when I got married, um, it was not, that was not to be done. We are quiet. We don't make predictions. We don't spoil anything and put ideas into people's heads that they didn't already have. It all needs to be a surprise. So I've learned to be very quiet and still in movies. I I experience something similarly right now, but specifically I'm vocal whenever I don't like something. Uh, and something that I have come to realize is that whenever I voice my displeasure, it could definitely ruin the experience for someone else whenever I'm just like, oh, come on. And the other oh. person's the other person's just like, but I kind of liked it. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, like last night watching The Mandalorian, something happened, and I made a negative comment. And my oh, which part? Well, have you? I watched it. I did too. Can you can you say it in code, Tyler? I have watched it as well, and this is going to be uh, airing in two weeks, which means that if you haven't watched it, you've got plenty of notice to fast forward. I have Baby Yoda stickers on my computer. Love, oh, love. The I show. believe you mean Gragu. Yeah, Gragu. <laughs> Sorry. Gragu. Grego. Grogu. 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 Someone named him after a bender on vodka. It is Grego. Um. <laughs> they they wanted more tomato sauce on their spaghetti, uh, but they couldn't say ragu correctly. And it was really old, so it wasn't red anymore. <laughs> Ew. Okay, tell us the thing. Uh, it's the part where they blow up the razor crest. Spoiler alert! Well, I just went. All oh, right, the part where they blew up the razor crest, which was something that I like, but also I don't like that design of that ship. I think it looks too much like uh, the Serenity from Firefly. Uh, and I went good. I didn't like that ship. And my roommate went, "Do you do you have to do that? Do you have Ooh. to like? I I just want to like this." Uh, but also there's a lot of things that I don't really like Mandalorian about the Mandalorian uh, but this isn't Mandalorian minute this is Independence Day minute and also I don't want to ruin everyone's fun I think that's why you stayed up till 5am in regret that's true I was tossing and turning <laughs> having Boba Fett actually kick ass in a scene I is something don't... that I've wanted since I was 12 years old I don't care that's Boba Fett's a nothing character me. Boba Fett's a nothing character <laughs> Just make it a new character. Just make it a new character. I don't want Star Wars to keep pulling all these old things in. I want new. I no. want new. new and old. No old. old. No yes. old ever. Going against us, Kenny. Where do you fall on The Mandalorian? Did, did you like the introdu introduction of Boba Fett? And again, the I... movie that we are talking about is Independence Day. But, we're, uh, <laughs> but Camille, your Mandalorian opinion? I'll just say it quickly. Yes, I did. But I'm afraid if I go against Kenny, he'll have another sleepless night. 
No. So I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah. No, I do. No. I like Boba Fett. I like the old kind. I'm. You should call him at four in the morning and see if he's sleeping. Grogu. <laughs> Stop calling me, please. Grogu. How did you get this number? <gasps> All right. Back to our, our movie. Yeah. So anyways, the Mandalorian and the baby Yoda. Camille, I do want to want to know what kind of uh, movie watcher you are. Do you have to sit in perfect stillness and quietness like some <laughs> other people that we could mention, like Lulu? Or uh, are you an active movie watcher? How do you watch movies? Okay, so y'all know I'm a big talker, but when it comes to movies, I am I'm the one telling everybody stop talking, be quiet. I like because they talk over the next part. We're big in our TV shows. I don't mind if you make a prediction of like we kind of have wars of like who you think the bad guy is, but just say it real quick and don't laugh too loud. Then I can't hear what they said. My husband's a huge laugh. Like, well, y'all have heard him in our shows. And it's like, well, I just missed the next scene. I love you, but shh. I, I want to hear things. Sorry. Oh, it's <laughs> I fine with that. me. I, I, well, no, I don't want to miss him. But Kenny is leaving the frame because Kenny has the biggest laugh. Oh, I know. In all of Texas. I love Kenny's laugh. Me too. Also, I've gotten chastised for laughing during a movie uh, two times in my life. And it was not, those were not pleasant experiences because all I was doing was laughing. And apparently this bothered someone so, my genuine laugh just bothered people so much. Well, person. it was Schindler's List, buddy. I know. And it was oh, the Alamo Draft House, and it was just not appropriate. Well, they shouldn't no, have done maybe. a rowdy screening of Schindler's List. Well, in my defense, Kenny, at the theater, I don't mind. It's when I'm at home. The theater's loud enough, but at home, if I can't hear the results over your laughter, I need you to. You're here, and you just need to bring it down a little bit. Just bring it down a little bit. But the theater, it's okay, Kenny. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said anything to you. Sure. I was watching Shazam, which is a great movie. Uh, and the woman right next to me was actively displeased about how much I was enjoying it, which was so weird. Uh, and she was complaining to, I, I think she was there with her significant other the entire time. All I was doing was laughing. And no, then, she was complaining to the quiet stranger on her right <laughs> about the loud stranger on her left. Yes. She was, she was frequently whispering, daring it, which was frustrating. Uh, and, and then I, I said, whenever I got up because I was really bothered and hurt because whenever someone does that during a movie, it just kind of makes me go, okay, I should never have any reactions period because it's just unpleasant. And I I told her how hurtful that was. And she said, okay, well good because you were being way too loud. She didn't even apologize about making me feel bad for, for laughing. She was like, well, good. Great. Oh, how awful. What an awful person. I love your laugh because it's so, when I'm on a, on a stage and I can't see the audience, but I hear the Kenny laugh, I'm like, oh, yay, Kenny's here. I, I like laughing. I like liking things. Liking things is good, and I try to mm. like more things. Agreed. But apparently I have very animated opinions about Star Wars, uh-huh. uh, which is just, I don't want to be a spoil sport. So I have, uh, there's something that makes me laugh pretty much 100%, and it's when people are in movies or TV shows, try not to throw up or throw up. Like, <laughs> like um, Stand By Me when they're having the blueberry pie eating contest or um, wedding, the wedding, oh, what's the wedding one with the ladies? Bridesmaids. Oh. When they Good throw one. up. and But game oh. night, 
I went to see Game Night, which is a movie that came out with, I, I don't even know who's in it. And they were trying not to bark. And I saw that movie alone in the theater. And I got so hysterical, laughing and laughing. I couldn't stop that the theater started laughing at me, laughing at the movie. <laughs> it was... It was embarrassing, but it was also really rich. It was I, so much fun. I, I love that sensation of uncontrollable laughter. Yeah. I specifically, I think the funniest thing that I've seen in a theater, this is really weirdly specific, uh, but but roll with me on this one. It was the Ghostbusters remake with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, yes. And Chris, I don't know if you guys have, have seen the Ghostbusters remake. I think it's yes. super funny. Chris Pratt. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Who plays Kevin? So on the Chris rankings, where is that Chris? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. For yeah. for me. Oh, one, one. He's number one. That's all I'm gonna say. My husband will get mad. He's oh, the Hemsworth best. Hemsworth is so funny. I think what you mean Ugh. to say is that your husband will get Thor. <laughs> oh, blah. All right, Kitty. Back to your story. Well, anyone, anyways, he asks if he can bring my cat into the office. And they're like, oh, cool. You have a cat? And he goes, no. Uh, they're like, what? And that hit you? Uh, and then he says, oh, no, he's a dog. The dog's name is my cat. Oh, my gosh. And I, I genuinely laughed in my seat for a minute, so much so that I was rocking the chair back and forth. I thought it was the funniest thing that i had ever heard just the amount of verbal gymnastics that you have to go around to get to that joke i went to see uh beavis and butthead do america uh with uh our our friend mariella uh if you guys remember her and um and we were sitting in a theater that had literally us and one other guy and he was sitting a couple of rows up and away and it got to the point where the two of them are uh looking at petrified wood um and there's a, a narrator who's saying, how did this wood get so hard for so long? And of course, Beavis and Butthead are just going, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and I laughed for a solid five minutes, ended in tears and turned to Mariella. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry that I'm this happy. And she's like, it's okay. Don't worry. Oh, anyway. We, we studied humor in school and it, they said it was a an expectation violation in a positive direction. So you're expecting, they set you up, expect this, and then you make the hard left turn. And if it's in a positive direction, then it delights you and makes you laugh. So we're going to say that we saw an expectation violation when the wait, airmen... Wait, wait, Camille, we've all shared our uncontrollable laughter stories. Mm. Camille... Oh, I like listening. My uncontrollable laughter. It's usually when I have tickled myself at getting a joke in a movie that no, kind of like what y'all were saying. You laugh at something and no one else is. So I just keep laughing harder. And I'm like, I'm going to keep laughing and you're going to feel silly that you're not laughing at this moment and you will find this funny. So I'll just laugh and laugh. And um, it's usually my friends that make me laugh the most. So I'm very, very lucky with that. But sometimes it's when other people are laughing and then I think I don't get it. And then I think about it. Then I laugh because I'm laughing at myself like, oh, you're so dumb. Why didn't you get that the first time? <laughs> That's kind of how I do it. Is there anything else to know about this movie? <laughs> Just the movie in general. Uh... This scene, 
This scene's a really important scene because we do get to see three different of our uh, main characters in three different things, and we're learning more about them, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Learning about uh, Jasmine and learning what kind of pilot Will Smith is. Like, he's the one who said, gentlemen, we can find a better way to spend our time. Um, I have to admit, if there were an invasion and it were being covered by CNN, I would be watching CNN too. I, mm -hmm. Like, what, they're supposed to clean their dorms? Come mm -hmm. on, they're doing the right thing. Um, and then, right uh, and then we find out that, uh, lo and behold, uh, our, our man, uh, Randy Quaid has actually been the one who's right. And the people that laugh the most at him are now standing up for him on TV. Uh, and that's an important thing, right? We see those guys suddenly go, uh, they did things to him and it's real. I loved when she was interviewing those two people in the booth that she, her microphone was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Remember, like she didn't know who to stick her microphone in front of. I also thought it was odd when Will Smith, like the world is ending. They've all been called back to the base. You know, they're all in their uniform. They're in their dress uniform, which I find odd. They're in their, you know, medals. They've got all their nice things on to fight the aliens. I guess you need to dress up for that. And then they take a moment to make jokes. We're making jokes in the locker room. We're reading letters. You know, we're like the world is maybe ending. There's a threatening alien ship above and we're just taking our time. Did you see what was taped to his locker when he opened no. it? No. Did anyone notice what was taped to the inside of his locker? Uh, Kenny. Uh, I mean, they they have the letter from NASA sticking out of his locker, mm -hmm. and then he takes the letter, gives it to Harry Connick Jr., and then he opens his locker, and because nothing in this movie is subtle, they've got a picture of the space shuttle, and then another space thing on the inside of the locker just so you understand that will smith likes space so what anyone remember what that space thing is now that kenny has talked about a space thing there nope was it the x-files it's a picture of the flag on the moon with an astronaut next to it hey. which is the opening image of the film is that right the flag the plaque hey we see a, a spaceman with the flag right there and in the background while jasmine was dancing anyone notice what was on those glittery curtains was it a flag an american flag oh, no. geez. well what done. an eye i'm just saying uh they go out of their way to do these iconic things all the way through the film are these things that recognize icons um and so yeah tying will smith's character into uh the space race uh, they gave us a whole, they beat it over the head in this compact way that he wants to be an astronaut. He's not going to become an astronaut. Here he's obsessed with being an astronaut. Here's the space shuttle. They're telling us so much information about him uh, because we haven't had that about him yet, right? He was introduced 20 minutes into the film and we found out about his family. We found out about uh, his, his uh, kind of his personal and private well, now we're getting to find out about who he wants to be, right? And and they're doing it in a not very subtle way at all. But they're making a joke of it, and they're making it entertaining. When I write my next movie, I'm going to make sure my exposition is in the form of locker stickers. Hang a flags in strange places for people to start noticing throughout the film. Right. Lockers, strip joints. I thought, I'm going to say that the vote for a low-tech solution is still foreshadowed because they have this segment on the news where they say, please stop shooting your guns. 
up at the alien ships. Another vote for your technology will not work against these aliens. There's going to be a low-tech solution. I know it. She knows it. Maybe a, a dolphin call. Is that your prediction? Oh, well, I think that's a perfect segue to go into what Lulu's predictions for the next four minutes are. All right. Well, I was wrong about the traffic. It seemed to be flowing pretty smoothly. Everyone got to where they were going in record time. Well, I think it was subtle. I think it was subtle because Will Smith showed up late. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was moving slowly. There was still lots of traffic. Well, nothing I really said came true that time, except for we did see Quaid. We didn't meet Martin Lawrence, but he did. we did meet his best friend, Harry Connick Jr. Sure. Will, Sm- Will Smith made it to the base. He did make it to the base. He did. Uh, I, I dare say that you got four predictions right. Really? Yeah, because I have there's going to be traffic problems. That's a prediction. Okay. Jeff Goldblum is going to have traffic problems. That's a separate prediction. Uh, Will Smith is going to have traffic problems. That's a prediction. Will Smith made it to the base, but he has not made it to the briefing. No, he hasn't. Let's start with that. Will Smith makes it to the briefing. Will Smith makes it to the briefing. Lulu's playing to win this time. (laughs) I I am. And in the briefing, they find out that... Let's see. In the briefing, they plan to scramble their ships and fly up to take a look but they don't want to engage because they don't want to they don't want to seem like they're making a first strike so they've given been given strict instructions not to engage and we have to we haven't seen the president in a while i guess goldblum is going to arrive at the white house and knock on the front door <laughs> with his father in tow providing comic relief and he's going to try again to get get to his wife, ex-wife and then therefore the president. I, I think there's going to be a conversation where the ex-wife and the dad really poo-poo all over him while he's trying to explain with his MIT degree what's going on with this alien ship that he won't find an audience. Quaid, he's gathered his children. Where's he going to go? He's not, why would he leave his plane? Where's Quaid going to go? He's like, we have to leave. We have to leave. Where's he going to go? Yeah, where's he going to go? Because he's already out in the boonies. Yeah. Take a take a wild guess, Lulu. Well, he's going to go to the White House too then. Quaid <laughs> is going to go to the White House. All right, no. Actually, she said White House too, so she means Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, he goes to... His underground bunker that he built that no one knows about. Uh, to his secret underground bunker. Right. From Greece, too. It's the same one that we yeah. referred to earlier. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. And there'll be a, a mini musical break. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be a mini musical break. Yeah. I mean, we do have Harry Connick Jr. and Will Smith in it. Oh, my gosh. Sing. Sing together, best friends. Speaking of people that you really, really like, we haven't gone, we've gone over the Jeffcon scale, but we haven't go, gone over Lulu's ranking of the Jeffcon scale from one to five. Mm. He's, see, he's lost streak cred. He's lost power. No one believes in him. He's being driven somewhere by his dad. I'm Jeffcon five. Ooh. I'm not feeling it. Now, here's the critical part Lulu, how mm. can we get Goldblum to Jeffcon one in this scene? Well, he has to be heroic in some way. So maybe the uh, alien strike, his dad swerves off the road and is slightly injured. He leaps out. He tends to his injured father. 
he saves a couple other people and then he gets in despite not being licensed to drive and he drives straight to the White House and demands an audience and gets it because he's so strong. <laughs> and they sure needs to be like flap like flapping the one open so we can see his chest. Uh two final things uh before we start wrapping it up. Lulu, I don't know if you know this, but there's an extended edition of this movie. What? There's an extended edition of Independence Day. We're watching the theatrical version. Oh. Uh, and what we don't see is there's a subplot with the fake Joseph Gordon-Levitt and trying to get him medicine. Oh. What is he suffering from? He's suffering from that best of movie diseases, which is vague movie syndrome. Okay. He has yeah. some sort of sickness and he needs medicine. But because of traffic... He doesn't get it. Is that why it fits in this part of the movie? I I believe what happens is that the fake Keanu Reeves and Randy Quaid end up getting into a fight because I don't know if you've picked up on this, but Russell, he's a drunk. Uh And fake Keanu Reeves is kind of fed up with it. And Russell goes, what would you do? Because you have to get precious Joseph Gordon-Levitt his medicine. And I believe the kid, the fake Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just throws down his medicine in disgust, thereby getting rid of all of the medicine and setting us up to have to get more medicine later in the movie. Because he's suffering from vague movie syndrome. The other bit that I wanted to add is that the flying and nom that Russell does was actually a bit that was added in reshoots. Oh, so he's a little more competent than just a crop duster. Just a smidge. Just a No offense bit. to any crop dusters listening. Camille, do you uh, have any place that you would want people to come find you and enjoy more of your wonderful, wonderful comedic stylings, wonderful presence in general? Well, of course, as stated earlier, I am. Um, I perform with comedy sports, so you can find me on the web at this time. In fact, I'm performing tonight or well. When this is, I will still be performing, I believe, that Saturday night. So a couple Saturday nights a month if you want to come and laugh at me or with me. I would love it. If you're a fourth grader, you know, you can come sit in my class, learn some science. But I'm kind of at max capacity right now. So that, yes, that is where, well, sometimes I just stand out on my street, too, and try to make the neighborhood laugh. But I don't want to give my address out. So, yes, please, Comedy Sports Austin. That is where I like to play and laugh. Which is at ComedySportsAustin.com. And Comedy Sports has a Z at the end. ComedySportsAustin.com. And uh, tickets right now are free. So uh, come check us out in these Zoom shows. They're a lot of fun. And you get to watch from from your own living room uh, or where whoever's living room in which you are squatching at that moment. Lulu, can people find you anywhere on the internet? Nope. Nowhere. So don't try. Don't even don't try, try to look. Don't you try. Can't do it. You'll you, find me. You'll never be able to figure out who Lulu is. Uh, and how about you, Kenny Madison? Are oh. there places where people can find you? Right. Like, for example, Shamewatch, your other award-winning podcast? First off, we haven't won any awards. Period. That's, that's just not a thing. Uh, second, yeah, you can listen to me on my other podcast, Shamewatch. Uh, I believe we'll still be in the throes of Disney Channel original movie December, or as we call it, Decomber. That's the appropriate amount of laughter, Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Camille, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. And until next time, remember, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Mm-hmm.